Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everyone. We are continuing to discuss 1 Peter in our morning Bible study. We are glad you're here to join us. Before we get into the word, LaCharles, will you be willing to open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for blessing all our mornings, Lord, and just making them peaceful and where we can continue to learn more about you, Lord, and just making it easy for us to fall after you, Lord, that it's not a burden to us, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to guide us into all your truths, Lord, and to help us as we go about our daily lives, even when we're not currently fellowshipping with each other, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome back to our morning Bible study, and we are continuing with First Peter. So can I get a volunteer to read from verses 22 through 25, please? I'll read. All right, promise? Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever, because... All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Mm-hmm. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Amen. Oh, amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Yes. Thank you. So who wants to begin and open it up by sharing what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you? Or, of course, ask any questions that you have. I would. All right, Layla, go for it. Um, the last two verses of this, 24 and 25, where it says, um, Because all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Mm-hmm. I would just like to talk about that for a moment. We all often try to gain in this world and find and see how much we can get, um, especially in the aspect of money and what we would consider that in humanistic terms is glorious. You're rich, you've got power, you're cream of the crop essentially. Mm. And we find pleasure in that and that's the thing that we're striving after. But we see here the Lord equates it to grass that withers as the seasons change in the spring it grows in the summer it starts to get a little dry and in the winter and the fall it's gone it's not as plentiful as it should be and it's not lush and green and the flowers as the seasons change do the same thing as the grass it it withers and it changes and it falls away but the one thing that is truly glorious that always remains is the word of the lord he is beyond time his is everlasting to everlasting so it doesn't matter which generation it is on the earth His word is going to endure forever. It's going to stand and it's going to be here. So it's better to seek out 
God's glory, the one that endures forever versus the glory of men. Because the glory of men passes away and it equates to nothing in the grand scheme of things. You can't get into heaven and go, well, God, I had all this money on earth. I should be allowed entrance into your kingdom. That's not what he's going to give you entrance Entrance, sorry, on. Mm-hmm. It's if you followed him, if you obeyed his commandments and you loved him as the word says you should. So I just thought that was important. Amen. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. And it's also referring to the humanity, us, our existence in this flesh and blood and bone body is not going to last forever. We will be changed, right? We will yes. have to step into eternity at some point. And at that time, whatever you've chosen in this lifetime will be laid out before you. And so it's better to seek what is of the Heavenly Father, right, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit than it is to try to prolong and hang on to this natural world because it is fading away. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I think I cut you off. No, it's it's fine. Um, you, didn't, you didn't cut me off. <laughs> a lot on the Lord to minister, and uh, before I I share, right? So okay, um, and I'll say it in this way, right? Because we talk about, and you brought this up too, honey. What we choose matters, and we will. Yes, of course. At some point, we're going to pass from this earth to the next, right? It, yes. Whether that's to spend eternity with our Heavenly Father or uh, eternity in chill, right? In hell. Um, but Scripture also tells us that we will experience the, the fruit of our choices, as it were, in this life. Right? I can, we can look in Jeremiah 17, right? Um, 5 through 8. He says, the Lord says this, Thus says the Lord, Curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and a salt land which is not inhabited. But then in verse 7, there's this difference. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. And will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So, I'll say it is both. Yes, the flesh withers and dies, but we also are protected by the Lord. And for those that put their hope and their faith and their trust in the Lord and are obedient to him, that love the Lord, and as a result of that love, are obedient. They are blessed immensely. And, and that one verse in, in Jeremiah is it's not the only place. It's in multiple where it talks about how we will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water and all the... And, I mean, there's just so many verses that, that cover that. Um, essentially placed in a garden, and which is incredible. And yes, it only happens from the Lord and His Word, both written and spoken. Mm-hmm. We can't separate them, right? I mean, we can look through the pattern here, right? And we've had this discussion 
previously, and I'm sure we'll have it many times. Job was the was according to historians and scholars the first written book of the Bible. Okay, well, then how is it that Job could come into the same knowledge and conduct and living out his life as Moses, as Abraham, who Abraham also did not have the written word. It wasn't until Moses that we had the book of the books of the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible that gave history and an account of what happened. So how could that be? Well, clearly they had a relationship with the Lord, personal, deep, intimate. They knew the Lord. They sought the Lord. The Lord, through his Holy Spirit, of course, taught them himself and his ways and thoughts. And they applied that to their lives. So it is both the written and spoken word. So what else? What else jumped out at you guys or that the Holy Spirit ministered to you? Is anyone else going? You can go, sir. Okay. The Lord showed me verse 23 where it says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. The Lord is showing that Peter is not only getting at how the choice you make, but also how you make it. Explain. When you live through the day, you have to constantly keep going, biting by the same choice you made. Like, I'm going to follow the Lord. You can't allow yourself to get off, go on, off track. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Any any other thoughts with that, honey? And I'd also like to continue to verse 27 to the beginning of 25, where it says, Because all flesh is as grass, and, as, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Mm-hmm. So this is the incorruptible seed that Peter is talking about right here. The seed that doesn't wither or perish when your physical body leaves. When you, not your whole body leaves the earth, but when you exit your physical body. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'd also like to take you to James. James 3. James, sorry. James 4, 3. And it says... You ask and do not receive because you ask and miss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Mm-hmm. Right here, this is the croppable seed. Because you're asking and go- 
doing only good things. Wait, let me explain this. Okay. Please do, sir. Um, Brother Hagen, he talked about... Wait, think... Yes, I think it was Brother Hagen that he talked about good works doesn't save men. That's right. But the man, the man was saved to do the good works. That's right. That the saving of the man to do good works is the incorruptible seed, but trying to... Just do good works to get into heaven. That's the corruptible seed. Okay. And where all the stuff you build up to try to gain access into heaven will deteriorate, deteriorate before your eyes. Mm-hmm. That's true. And he did say that, but that's a Bible principle. He got that from the Word of God, right? Yes. So God said that first. Um, there's no righteousness in and of our, our own flesh. And all of our own righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord, right? Yes. Um, So, yes, that's true. That's true. That's excellent, sweetheart. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Charles, did you have something you wanted to share? Like Proms was saying in verse 23... I also think that Peter, when you're saying that, is that you're born again of a incorruptible seed. What I think that Peter is trying to get at in this verse is also that there are some cases where you may come to Christ through um, pure chance, even though there's not chance, but by cer- certain circumstances and you accept it as you see it as a means to get what you want, mm-hmm. essentially. And so there's corruption inside of that that is going on because there's not the right um, motive there for you to do those actions. So I think Peter's also saying is to have a right heart before the Lord as you come towards him, not looking for the handouts or the blessings that he can give you, but seeing more so about that you want to, uh, correct what you have done wrong and you want to draw near to God. Okay. So are you saying come with the right motives? Yes. To the Lord. Okay. I can see that. That's uh was described in Matthew five eight, right? When uh Matthew's account of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes, where he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Right? Well, let's also look at both your, you, Charles, and Promise stated with um, not incorruptible seed, but in, or not corruptible seed, excuse me, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. What did Jesus say in, when he was talking about the true vine in John 15? He tells his disciples in verse 3, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. He was teaching them. He was instructing them and guiding them and watching them. Right? It's very similar to what Paul writes in Ephesians 5 about marriage with Christ in the church and, and in particular how 
husbands are to love their wives, right? Um, starts in Ephesians five twenty five, right? Where so husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her. And then twenty six and twenty seven really goes into the why that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. And then it continues, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So we see that same principle ministered there and discussed it is a it is the word of god which purifies us right yes Absolutely. but it is because it's the word is the sword of of the lord is it's also what ministered by the holy spirit right searches yes. the depths and the breadth and the width and of the heart of the Lord, but the Lord also searches the hearts and minds. So we cannot trick the Lord, as you were trying to point out, right, Charles, with incorrupt or corrupt motives, right? Yes. Not actually being in line with the Lord and in alignment with Him and His Word and what He is speaking to us and has spoken to us in His Word. We have to actually come in alignment with belief in our hearts, confessing with our mouth, or, or actually putting our faith into action. Mm-hmm. Fully grasping His grace, which He gave us as a result of His love for us through faith. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, when we, we look at God as, as humans, as people, we are dust, and God understands that. He understands that our life is but a vapor. And, you know, as we're talking about motives, God blesses us with good things, and he uses that as a way to draw us in. So he's not offended by us coming to him because we need healing or we need a relationship restored. He's not offended by that. But you've seen throughout the word that he says he is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He doesn't look at the outward appearance like man does, but instead he looks at the heart, right? He, he made that um, example when David um, was being sought after. God was talking about David, but Samuel was looking at everybody else that looked good and sparkled and glittered, and he made known to him, that's not how I judge. And he's repeated that throughout the scriptures. Um, God knows what's happening on the inside of us. So if we do come by means of trickery, God understands that. Not, I'm not saying that he excuses it, but he's willing to use that and turn that into a sincere relationship when we are willing to let that be done. So, you know, God is not finding fault with you if you, if you came to him because you needed a miracle, if you, you know, if you came to him because you needed something for him. He says that we should not forget his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, Psalm says, and forget not all his benefits. There's a benefit to serving the Lord. Is it all we want from him? No. But we do want them. Salvation and, and being rescued from the pit is a benefit. And we want that benefit. 
also we love God for who he is. So it's important that as we come to Christ, just come as you are. If that's all you can think of is I need a miracle, so that means I need to come to Jesus, come on in. And once you're here, develop your relationship. Go further. Don't just stop at I need a miracle. And that's all you ever get. And you never know and find out who the Lord truly is. Come on in. Continue in relation with him. And seek him to know him intimately. So you move from the place of living by miracles to living in the blessing. To having continual relationship with God where his goodness is ever flowing in your life. Versus having trouble and despair. And then you have to be rescued out of that constantly. So um, I just wanted to go back and touch basis on that scripture I mentioned about our own righteousness being as filthy rags before the Lord. You can find that in Isaiah. And you can also find scriptures in Romans um, that says there's none righteous before him. No, not one. So we come in through the, we come in that door by grace through faith. And God offers us his grace. And the Holy Spirit is the one who draws them, draws us to the Lord. Jesus said that to his disciples, nobody can come. Mm-hmm. Unless the Father draws them, and it's the Holy Spirit who does the drawing. So, and, and to build on that, you also find that as we were talking in Ephesians, mm-hmm. chapter two, um, there's, there's a few different sections there. Um, it, the first, I don't know, ten verses or so talks about uh, what we were just talking about. It's by grace through faith, and then verses eleven through thirteen talks about how we were brought near by His blood. Christ's blood that he shed on the cross. And then in 14 through 18 is about how he's our peace and how he came and preached to us, uh, to us, right? In verse 17, uh, Ephesians two seventeen, He came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Mm-hmm. So exactly what you were just talking about, it's, it's echoed there. And, of course, he, not hearing the word of God, absolutely, but not just hearing it, by allowing it to be written on the tablets of our hearts mm-hmm. or planted in, uh, in our heart being tilled in, in fertile soil mm-hmm. for the seeds to be planted and to grow. And, of course, mm-hmm. our, our job, our role, and that our responsibility is to keep our heart as fertile ground mm-hmm. pliable and for soft the, the word of the lord to be mm-hmm. planted and in, in there and written on the tablets of our hearts so not just hearing it but applying it mm-hmm. allowing it to grow absolutely and in order to apply it we must first mix our faith with the word of god that we hear amen right yes. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god And you have to allow that faith to come forward. And it's the Holy Spirit that brings that up on the inside of you who imparts that to give us the opportunity to say, yes, Lord, I will be saved, to call upon the name of the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that does that work. And our cooperation is to allow our faith to go forward because you do have an option. You could snuff it out. You can hear the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, the Lord Jesus knocking right through the Holy Spirit and saying, open open up to me. And faith is present, and you can decide not to do it. That's, that's an option. That's a wonderful thing about God is that he gives us a choice to choose life, right? 
open the door to him. Um, back to verse uh, First Peter chapter one verse twenty two. What stands out to me about this section um, twenty two through twenty five is that he's commending them, saying, "Since you have purified your souls and obeying obeying the truth, so he's saying you've taken the first steps. You you've taken steps now." Um, and he's telling them how they came through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren. God can work with that. He doesn't need us to come to him and have it all together. It's an impossibility, in fact, that we would have it all together without him. I mean, it's hard to do with him in our natural body. But without him, you have no hope or chance of having things all together. So clearly they're in Christ, and he's commending them and, and telling them that they're going in the right direction. And then... He's explaining to them this process that they've gone through and encouraging them to keep going forward. There's always an opportunity for us to look at ourselves and say how we're not enough. And in part because there's an accuser of the brethren who doesn't cease to accuse us before our Lord day and night. You're not doing enough. Well, you're not like sister over there. And she she prays 15 times a day and you only pray two. I mean, right? There's, there's opportunities to be discouraged, to be um, disheartened, distracted, right? But then just by what you were saying, that brings us to uh, attempting to receive salvation through works. Praying 15 times a day, vice, whenever the Lord tells you to pray and what to pray for. Absolutely. And the key point in this is that they were obeying the truth. Do what God asks you to do. That, that's our place with him. And in that, he's satisfied with us. He's pleased with us. And, um, you know, in First John, he reiterates the commandments that the Lord has given us that are not too burdensome. It's number one, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which there's only one name, right, under heaven by which men can be saved, and that is Jesus Christ. So if you don't believe in him, it's all for naught. It's a waste of time because you will not make it. You can do all the good works you want. You can uh, with or deny yourself on every turn. But if you do it without Jesus Christ, you have worked in vain. You have labored in vain, in vain because God did not build that house. However, when you come in to Jesus, now he continues to go. He says, first, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and love the brethren as he gave us, as he gave us commandment, right? Yes. The, lo- the law is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And now that, that coincides with believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus said, if you love me, then you love the Father. If you love the Father, then you love me, right? Yes. And... um you can search the Gospels to find that where he talks about the Father and I are one. So you can't say you love God and, and deny Jesus Christ because you're not telling the truth. And if you have Jesus, if you have the Son, then you have the Father, okay? And then the next commandment is love your neighbor as yourself, being paired with love the brethren as he gave us commandment. He told us that we would be known by our love for one another. The law of love, right? Love does no harm to a neighbor. So you can see how those go together. Layla, you had something you wanted to say? Yes. Um, 
And on the point that you and Dad had made about seeking the Lord and going to find him, to have that relationship with him, not just trying to live miracle by miracle, but just genuinely knowing what he's like. It reminded me of Isaiah 55, 6-7, where it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Uh-huh. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So you see how simple it is to come into relationship with God. He doesn't need an extravagant um, procession and confession of your sins because it's impossible that you could name every single one that you've done. Mm -hmm. But just genuinely coming to him as a little child like, Lord, I know I need you. Mm-hmm. Help me with this God mm-hmm. and that process, and you and it just amazes me how God does things. He, us as humans, to require forgiveness or to forgive somebody else, we require this whole extravagant again gift. But all God wants is for is your heart. He just wants you to be honest and true and genuine with Him, and He can work with the rest. That's right. And it's just amazing to watch Him work that way because then you you see. Um, the difference between how we would love as humans without God and how he loves and which one, and you can tell clear as day which one is actual love. And mm-hmm. you can ask yourself which love is better, the love of men that changes mm-hmm. or the love of God that's consistent and always. Amen. And so that's Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Go ahead, girl. Um, yes, and he's he's saying here, put your eyes on the real thing. Put your eyes and your focus on what is eternal and that is i would say it's actually more tangible it's more real than what you see before your eyes because this is fading this is but a vapor it's grass right the glory of man i'll i made this beautiful table but it's already dying it's already passing away die the moment you cut down that tree but what god has that's what's real that's the the perfect the the prize and being encouraged in that to know you're going the right way. You're, you're on the right path. Continue in this because now when you continue, you'll reap the reward promise. You mentioned that about how necessary and um, important and required it is for us to continue to reaffirm and enforce the decision that we've made to follow God in whatever capacity or situation or circumstance that it may arise. I'm following God and how I carry out doing my chores. I'm following God and how I'm driving down the road. I'm following God and how I use my finances and my resources. I'm following God and how I interact with my children and my family. I'm following God. When I started making this meal and I'm going to continue to follow God as I go through to the end, right? Yes, And at every moment, there is an opportunity for us to choose. And it's so vital that we choose and determine in our heart to continue to choose the way of the Lord Jesus Christ and not forsake or turn our backs on that or get distracted or disheartened. You know, I, I firmly believe that there are many people that started out with the best intention of following God. Mm-hmm. And somehow along the way, the enemy was able to um sneak in there. I would say even usurp the the way of God and substitute it for a an unrighteous replica, 
if you will. Counterfeit. A counterfeit. That's right. Um, bootleg version. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I like to call it. To slide it in, it, it looks like it. It's just a one-off. Oh, that's just the same. Like we were talking about trying to reach God by works. Well, it's the same. God wants you to pray, doesn't he? Well, why don't you just pray, you know, a million times? Well, if God asks you to come and sit and be still and just be in his presence, right? Or if he asks you instead, I I needed you to be waiting at this particular stoplight because there was somebody I wanted you to minister to or whatever it is. The enemy will always try to slip in a counterfeit and get you to take that bait. And I believe many people who started out wanting to know God but got caught up on that switcheroo, if you will, and unknowingly block the voice and stop listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and were carried away down a trail. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee for us, and he seals us into the day of um, salvation, right? Yes. What's what, Which we need to know and acknowledge and have readily before our eyes is that we at every point have to cooperate. We have to cooperate with God. Mm-hmm. He does not come and take you over and force you to do anything ever. He loves you. And in that love, he's already determined according to his sovereignty to give you a choice, to give me a choice and to let us have that choice. Now he will put roadblocks Ministering spirits will get in, you know, they will, the angels will help to try to keep you from stumbling. You will even send other people, hey, you know, that's the wrong way. Turn around, repent, come back. He will use every tool and resource. And if you choose to override it, and I, as I've done in my own life, I'm, I'm speaking from my own, my own life experience, but also from the word of God, if you choose to override it, then you will engage in that. And that's why, you know, this ministry in particular, God has made it a mandate for us and a mission to make sure that we re-invite the Holy Spirit back into the daily life of the believer. Because the written word is for us. And the Holy Spirit is the one who quickens it off the page. The Bible without the Holy Spirit is missing something like any other book that's exactly it now some may say oh well that's because it's written in english and if we look at the original languages the the greek and the hebrew and all that then we'll have a, a deeper understanding of the words and what they what was meant and not necessarily yeah, to a point however as you pointed out honey without the holy spirit it's just another book and and if you question that then I would ask you about the Pharisees in Jesus' time. Because they read and studied and did all these things. And even the Apostle Paul himself was a scholar. Mm-hmm. Right? Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, the, that's what they did. That was their job, their profession. Mm-hmm. They were the, uh, I'll say, Levites of the day, right? It would be like pastors or shepherds or, right? Mm-hmm. Today, but yet they still missed it when the Lord Himself was standing right in front of them and speaking with them face to face in the flesh. 
they missed him. And not only missed, but then even when he plainly stated who he was, they rejected him. Mm-hmm. And, and were in complete opposition, fought against him. How can that happen? If it's, you know, as some may say, simply comes down to the original languages. And I'm not taking anything away from that. Uh, I myself have studied some of these languages. I'm, I'm not as proficient as I would like to be. Um. But, you know, there is something to be gleaned from that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, and I think Wigglesworth said this best, some like to read it in the Greek and some in the Hebrew, and I like to read it in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that just sums it up. Without the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you and ministering to, to you, right? Because it also says that, as Scripture says that, what do you need for a man to teach you? We have the Holy Spirit, right, who teaches you all things. And even in, in Romans, right, the Romans 8, the life and the spirit chapter, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Right? And in yes. verse, that's in verse 14 of chapter of Romans 8. And in verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children heirs and heirs of God and joint them with Christ's, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also be glorified together. The whole thing is about life in the Spirit. That's the entire, that was the entire message of Christ before he ascended back into heaven. Wait here and receive the gift, the Holy Spirit that I'm sending you, the helper. Mm-hmm. He also said, without me, you can do nothing. But, but he said, I have to go, and I'm sending you the helper, the paraclete, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will show you, who will teach you, and why. John sixteen thirteen says, he will take from the Father and disclose it to you. Mm-hmm. We can do nothing without him. Amen. Jesus didn't even walk and begin his earthly ministry without the Holy Spirit, right? Um, yes. We know that God is triune, right? Yes. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I pose a question. Did the Holy Spirit stop speaking? No. Has he yet stopped talking? And has no more to say to us. No. It's just humans turn their ears off. Well, some, but some may not be aware of, you know, like I said, a, a, a subtle switcheroo. And then the, the living, right, and the quick force of God that's in the earth to guide us is the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciples, when he was ascending to heaven, before he left, he said, stay here. This is in read in Acts. He told them to remain here and don't depart until you receive the gift of promise from the Father, who is the Holy Spirit. Don't go anywhere, which is what he practiced. He didn't go anywhere until he got the Holy Spirit to go about and doing the works of God. Right? Yes. That's why he said, he told John the Baptist, permit it to be so that all things could be fulfilled, being baptized. When John said, no, I should be baptized by you. You remember that? 
Yes. Okay. So he didn't begin his ministry until the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit was upon him. And then when he went into the wilderness, the Holy Spirit led him there. You have to be tested. That's just a part of life. If there's no test, there's no choice. Okay? Yes. What did the enemy say when he came to him? He quoted scripture to him. Well, at first he was kind of blatant in some things. Just asked him a question, turn this to bread, turn this stone to bread, right? Presented something to him. If you're the son of God, turn this to bread, these stones, right? And, of course, Jesus didn't engage in that. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, then then the enemy was like, oh, we're quoting Bible verses? I know Bible verses, right? (laughs) Then took him up and... Um, said, well, cast yourself down because it's written, right? Yes. The angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. And it is scripture indeed, but it was manipulated and twisted. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus had the Holy Spirit, yes, he's God, but because he had the Holy Spirit, he could answer with the correct application of the written word of God, which is, the spoken word of God taken down, right? As holy men of God were given utterance and guidance by the Holy Spirit to write this down, right? Yes. They were inspired by God to preserve it in this way so that way the generations coming after them could read the vision, right? Yes. Okay. So then Jesus responded with no. Though you should not tempt the Lord your God. Neither put him to the test. Then, you know, the enemy came back again and just went blatant out. Well, then fall down and worship me. However, who is able to tell us when we are rightly applying the word of God or not? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Because he wants to be your first answer. He wants to be the one that you look to when you have a question, when you have a desire, when you're in need of guidance, when you need instruction, when you need counsel. He wants to be your go-to. Jesus said, "If while I remain, the comforter won't come. But if I go, then the Father will send him to you. Meaning that the, the, our, our God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all equally, each has a particular role, and they, they desire to and must fulfill and occupy their role, right? Yes. So, you know, how the word of God, just reading it, is a beautiful blessing. But to how to govern your life, and moment by moment, you need the Holy Spirit to help you understand what God is actually talking about, because even... Even going back to the root languages, oh, this was written in Greek or this was in Hebrew, those words are not able to capture God. Absolutely not. How could you think they were? Yes, I understand English is very watered down even from those particular languages. And the original languages, um, like even going back to Arabic and things of that nature. Aramaic. And, Aramaic, yeah. yes, I'm sorry. They are more potent in their meaning than what English is today, but there is no language that can capture God. 
which one can point and put him under their finger and say, I've said all that you've spoken. Okay. And even in their words, when you get out your concordance and you look and there's options, how do you understand which one God is speaking about and what he's talking to you about in that moment? But then let's also look at it in this light. Why would we limit the Lord? Did he not create language? Mm-hmm. So can he not communicate to us in and through every language? Mm-hmm. So why would we in turn then attempt to limit the Lord by saying, well, this language is watered down or it's not as potent or have as much depth or meaning as this other mm-hmm. language? I would hope not, but in effect, that's what that's doing. Hmm. It doesn't change the fact we need the Lord and his Holy Spirit to exactly what we ask. I ask every morning Bible study, what is the Holy Spirit ministering to you? In the, the text, the passage of the Bible and the translation that you have, what is the Holy Spirit ministering to you in this? Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I'm not saying it doesn't matter which translation or I'm not that's not what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit can minister to you and communicate in a way that you will understand and you will receive, regardless of what language or text or translation is in front of you. And then at that point, it ceases to be about the language and more so about the Holy Spirit ministering to your heart. Exactly. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Mm And, and my, my comment about language was directed at, so like in English, we have a lot of slang words. I can say, oh, that took a minute. Do I really mean that it took a minute? No. No, I meant it took much longer than I anticipated. If I were to articulate it out, it took a long time. But I said a minute. Or if I, there's an outfit, like, oh, that's bad. Do I really mean it's bad? <laughs> no, I'm saying it's so good, I couldn't even imagine something that looked that nice. But I preferred to say, that's bad. Right? (laughs) That's just how our culture is. Um, So God is able to minister above and beyond language. He's not limited by that. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to commune with him and allow him to commune freely with our own hearts because he can put it together in a way that we understand. And then we have our heavenly language. The unbreakable code. <laughs> There's no translation, but God will give the interpretation. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you look at what's known as the model prayer, right? Um, in Luke 11, right? especially the part about asking, seeking, knocking, right? Lord confronts this thing in verse 11. If a son asks for bread, from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Of course, the answer is no. But in verse 13, he says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, and here's the key, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Mm-hmm. So, as I read this, 
regardless of what is asked for, who is sent? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sent, regardless of what we ask for, who also lives in us, lives and dwells in us, mm-hmm. and whose oh. hand is on us. Amen. Ever making intercessions for us. I mean, Amen. Right? Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know how much more plain to make it. I don't know that it can be made much more plain. <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit in Amen. every aspect and area of our life. Amen. Leading and guiding and drawing us near and closer to the Father. Mm-hmm. Deepening and quickening our relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. I just want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and through 12. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Amen. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And if you think back to the Gospel of John, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take of mine and declare it unto you. And he said, then he further says, I said he will take of mine because all things that the Father has are mine. Mm-hmm. Okay? So also he said that the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. I know you guys hear me say that probably daily. <laughs> and he shows us things to come. Multiple times throughout the day between the two of us. Yes. Absolutely, because Jesus, he told us that plainly in his ministry. And then you see the apostle here reminding us of that very same Thing, that truth that the Holy Spirit is here to reveal things to us and to convey to us God's heart and the the subjects and the topics that are on his mind that his his destiny and his plan for us the mysteries there are still mysteries about God but he desires that we know him we can't know him apart from him his Holy Spirit <laughs> we just read that he searches Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So, as you're as you're listening to this ministry, as you're listening to any any teaching of the Word of God, and as you sit down with the written Word, which we heartily encourage you to do, you need to know what's in the written Word of God. You need to know, and allow the Holy Spirit in. Don't exclude Him from the meeting. He should be the first. Invitation. Absolutely. Okay. I just want to share a a quick testimony. Um, Before I met my husband, God was talking to me about my husband. And he told me his name and John. John is a very common name, right? So I I can look in the scripture and see what kind of man God has 
planned for me, a man after God's own heart, a man who loves God and serves him. As, you know, I can look at the what he says about the deacon, what he says about um, not being unequally yoked, what fellowship does a believer have with an unbeliever. I can look at those things and go, okay, I know the structure of what kind of man should be my husband, right? Yes. And I can see also by revelation of the Holy Spirit that God wants to pick him out, not me pick one for myself. Doesn't mean I can't let my request be made known, but just as God prepared a helper for Adam, he prepared for me as well. And he prepared me to be a helper to someone else that blesses him according to his plan. You see that pattern um, demonstrated again in Abraham. God said, Sarah is your wife. Although Abraham had taken for himself additionally Hagar, he said, not that one. That's not your wife. Sarah is your wife, denoting he makes a distinction, right? So I can see that in the scripture, but how do I know which one? How do I know which one? And we were in Virginia, you know, and I kept saying to God, everybody's name is John in Virginia, thinking about John Smith and Pocahontas and everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's my own little version of history there. But everybody's name was John. Like I met at least three or four people named John and they were all interested in me. But much like the prophet Samuel, when he was looking to anoint the next king of Israel, I had to go, okay, Lord, I don't even like him. I don't like that one either. How did I know? How could I tell? What was the difference? The Holy Spirit. Just like in Samuel's example, the Holy Spirit is the one who told him, stop looking at the outward appearance. The one I've chosen is not even here yet. <laughs> there's, there's still some more. Call him. And this is, and was able to signify that David was the one. Likewise, that, that's why we need the Holy Spirit in our present day walk. So we know which one, where to apply, how to apply the written word of God. When does this apply and when does it not? A particular um, concept from the word of God. How do I apply it? Right? Yes. Just going back really quickly to Jesus on being tempted in the wilderness. When does the angel bear you up? Lest you dash your foot against the stone. It's not when you're tempting the Lord your God and putting him to the test. You see that? It sure isn't. You see yes. that application right there? How quick the Holy Spirit is able to make the difference. So that way we stay in alignment with Jesus. We stay in alignment with the perfect will and word of God. And that's why we need him on a daily basis to know which way to go, to know how to choose and to discern, right? Yes. Amen. Moment to moment. Amen. The gifts and functionings of the spirit, the revelation, um, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, all of that comes by the Holy Spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's pause there for today because there's a lot for people to. <laughs> Sorry, we you may need to re-listen this a couple times just to to let the Holy Spirit minister you to you and and get receive everything that He has that He wants to teach you. So let's pause there. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. 
Lord, I just thank you for today, God, and for your mercy and your love and the mm. care that you have for us, Lord. And I just thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to guide us, Lord, to make that distinction between your truth, Lord, and what man will try to pose as the truth, God. Amen. And I just thank you for being you, God, and just for loving us and helping us to come into the right relationship with you, Lord, and just keeping us as we walk about your business, Lord, and keeping us from falling into the traps and the snares that the enemy will set for us, Lord. And I just thank you for our listeners, and I ask that you will bless them and their finances, Lord, and keep them as they go about their day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.